0: Sure. How your, many
1: of these have you done? Your
0: phones are on silent. I'm at uh, like seventy.
1: Oh wow, that's one. crazy! One
0: we started in uh, December. Wow. I believe. That's awesome. Um, and it's, I do two a week. That's why it's just been. So I'm cool. just like yeah. I want to put out two. Yeah. Um, because I got time like that. Good <laughs> <And laughs> <'Cause> for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, uh, but plus it's like, I I, I I I really wanted to do this podcast every day. Yeah. But I was like, that's too ambitious. You know, like. I, it's I always, hard
1: to manage.
0: It's hard to manage. You know, you have to get guests. You have to come up yeah. with the content, make sure it's interesting. I don't think I'm interesting enough to.
1: Oh, come on,
0: every day. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, I'm being humble. I actually, I, I do think that, <laughs> <I do>. but <laughs> um, but I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that to myself. You know, yeah. Uh, twice a week is enough because uh, I've tried like vlogging every day. I've tried book re- like, and I haven't stuck with any of it. So I was like, let me create. <laughs> Say it again.
1: Same here. I mean, not every day, but for me, even like a weekly thing is already too much because I I have. A nine to five that I have to go to, so I get home and I'm like, I don't want to do anything, so it's like really hard just to manage Instagram and do all of that at the same time,
0: it, right? It's a, that's a whole yeah. other job, people. And it I, is, people I was don't realize. At, though. I was looking at social media managers, they're like charging like two grand a, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. so uh, that's a whole that, other that's thing. That's
1: what I do pretty much, so but I work for a company and I do their social media, yeah. You know, along with, like, other stuff like um, graphic design and online reputation Yeah. all of that. So it's it's just too much. I get home, and he sometimes complains that I'm on my phone a lot because it's, like, my second job. <laughs> I get home, and I'm, like, posting and doing collabs and all of that. Can you imagine if I had, like, yeah, it, it more stuff to add to that? They're not gonna yeah.
0: Yeah the um that in the background is nanda's husband felipe <laughs> i didn't even know we were yeah, recording yeah. already I, I, but unfortunately okay. we don't have a third microphone for felipe <laughs> in the background uh but say what's what's say what's your first name again felipe marcio, marcio yeah. which is like a dope name too bad your right. brother has another <laughs> m name um but i have uh nanda and what's your how you say your last name nanda
1: uh, well my name in Portuguese is Nanda Lauren Ooh. so you, you can say it like that or you okay. can say Nanda Loren whatever I like
0: I like, like how that. you said it you had the little accent on there Nanda you know? Lauren yeah okay
1: cool um, so that's how we're gonna go
0: <laughs> and that way are
1: you Portuguese I'm Brazilian okay. I was born in Brazil
0: okay yeah and then how, how did you get some of that Portuguese uh, on there Why, you said because you said in Portuguese is that the language they speak in Brazil? Yeah. Oh, Brazilian see, Portuguese. You could tell I don't travel enough. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm too busy <laughs> podcasting. I don't get out there in the world too much.
1: Most people think that in Brazil we speak Spanish for some reason, uh-huh. but we don't. We
0: I would have just said Portuguese. y'all speak Brazilian, but that's yeah, clearly no, not a language. Brazilian
1: Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Something We're all learning <laughs>
0: something today, ladies and gentlemen. We're all learning something today. Uh, you're a musician, yes. songwriter, mm-hmm. Uh Vegan.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I had. I have some uh, vegan chocolate chip cookies here. Yeah, that was so nice. Uh, And a little little (laughs) tiny mini cupcake. You know, because it's (laughs) summertime. We got to keep our our little bikini bods going. Oh,
1: tell me about it. (laughs)
0: And then a huge mental health advocate. Mm -hmm. What's the mental health part for you? What?
1: Well, um, pretty much. I've struggled with depression and anxiety since I was like fourteen, and uh, I. I decided to write about it on an ebook um, for my fans. That's because a lot of them came to me and asked for help. And they've tweeted to me like, hey, I'm going through this and I don't know what to do. I don't want to live anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like I was talking to these people one-on-one, but I knew that there were so much, you know, so much more out there, so many more people. So I really wanted to... Write my story, and I wrote my, my first ebook <laughs> because of that, just to help people out. And it turned out to be pretty big I mean, bigger than I expected uh, over 4,000 downloads with no budget for marketing whatsoever. It's, it was just word of mouth. People were talking about it and telling their friends about it, and it was focused in, um, on adolescence. So pretty much what I went through during my adolescence phase and how my parents dealt with that and how I dealt with that and how I was able to survive and understand my illness.
0: What's the name of the book?
1: It's After Surviving. I have translated it to to English just like, a, I think, like a few weeks or a few months ago. Um, and I'm just starting to put it out there now.
0: You know, first of all, congratulations on... Uh, taking your, your pain and your discomfort and, and also your curiosity mm-hmm. uh, and then channeling that into something that could help others. I, uh, I sent out a tweet yesterday that said, uh, turn your pain into profit. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't mean like capitalize yeah. on it in, in that type of uh, American greed, Wall Street kind of way. But more in terms of like your, your pain if you figure out how to hack that and work through that, and even if you haven't quite figured it out, but you're mm-hmm. still working through it, you can help other people with theirs. Yes. And, and the profit isn't necessarily a financial profit all the time. It's an emotional profit, a gain of your, your self-esteem increases, your, mm-hmm. your confidence boosts, your, your network, right? Yeah. That, all those things. Now you have this army of people. Who uh, who are latching on to you or following you and part yeah. of your journey and invested in you because you, you wrote this book beyond the music, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, I felt like I had to explain because usually I tweet about it, I talk about it, but not in a deep level like this. And I wanted people to know it's okay. Like, it does happen, and you can get through it, and you can have a better life in the future. You know, it's just like a phase that you have to go through, but everything gets better after a while. And that's actually, it's funny that you said that, but um, it's something that I always say. I turned my pains into something that's positive for someone else. So I feel like I, since I went through all this and, you know, it was hard for me. I can help people go through what I went through before, so that was my way of like letting them know that they can do it, and it's all good at the end of the day. You know,
0: fantastic. Can you can you walk us through your journey? Yeah, of, of course. Uh, you know, wh- where where did it start, and you know?
1: Well, um, I start the book pretty much uh, explaining how. I got here to the U.S. Um, I moved to the U.S. at a very young age. And it was very hard for me because I didn't speak the language at all. So it was hard making friends. I was, you know, in that age where I really wanted to be accepted.
0: How old were you? I was 12. Wow, that's so... So,
1: yeah. I I pretty much got thrown in middle school with no English. And I was just completely lost. And music was... uh, you know, something that I held on to and helped me get through that phase of loneliness and just not fitting in. Um, And then after that, things started to get more complicated as I got to that teenage part of my life. Um, I didn't know what was going on with me. Like my my emotions were all crazy. And I didn't even know much about depression, to be honest.
0: What were your symptoms? Like what Wait, can we backtrack for a second? Of when course. you said music h- helped you get through mm-hmm. parts of it, in what way was it listening to music? Was it playing music? Was it making playlists? Like, how did music help you in it? Well, I
1: sang a lot. Okay. Um, I sang pretty much all day, every day, and that helped me feel a little better um, while I was doing it, at least. Um, and I wrote a lot. I lo- I wrote about my feelings all the time, and that was like my, you know, my escape pretty much. Um, so after that, when I was like 14, that's when things started to get a bit harder for me. Um, and I didn't know how to explain to my family what was going on. They just thought I was having, you know, that rebellious phase and it wasn't like that. I was just going through a lot of sadness and feeling like I wasn't accepted and feeling like I didn't belong in this world, basically and that's what i think most people feel when they want to end your, you know end their lives it's like you just want to escape that feeling that overwhelming feeling you don't actually want to die you just want the pain to go away so i spent a few years going through that and my family didn't really understand what was going on and i couldn't really research it because at the time it wasn't that you know people weren't really talking about it And that's why I think it's so important to just be open and talk to people and explain, okay, these are my issues. What are yours? (laughs) You know what I mean? And let's talk about it and let's figure ourselves out. Um, So after that, I went back to Brazil. I was around 17, 18 years old. Um, And I caught myself in a very bad situation where I lost all my friends at the time. And a boyfriend, and I just feel like I felt like my my parents didn't understand me very well.
0: When you say lost, like you, like me, like lost connection with them, or like you were walking down the street, look back, and they were gone. Like,
1: in a way that uh, you felt like betrayed, I would say. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like my friends weren't really there for me, they didn't get me, they uh, were judgmental um, to pretty much everything that I represented so I felt very alone because I I always felt very different from everyone um I don't know why but that was uh one thing that I never really got at the time like oh my gosh why am I so different why do I feel like this why I don't feel accepted or loved by other people you know what I mean and I feel like that was my breaking point and um at that time, I actually tried to commit suicide. And, I mean, you, you guys can read more in the book, you know, but basically after that, I started to realize, like, oh my gosh, I, I really didn't wanna die. <laughs> like, I have so much, you know, that I really wanna do in the future. And I started to realize that that was just a part of my life that I had to go through. Um, and so after that, I promised myself that I was never going to try that again. And it was a really hard experience, I think, for my parents, too, because they, it was like a surprise for them because they really didn't get what was happening. Um, so for me, it was like, OK, I, I need to deal with this. I need to understand why I'm going through this and what's making me feel this way. So I started researching a lot about depression and how I could get rid of it. <laughs> and honestly, to this day, I don't think I can ever completely get rid of it. I think it's like, a, for me, it's like a, a drug. If you let yourself get into that hole, you're going to. So it's always there. It's always there, ready to get you, but you can't let it be stronger than you. So for me, it's like a daily job. I need to work towards my happiness and my goals and not let that monster in my closet get me, you know?
0: You know, that's so valuable what you said. A few things. One is it's a daily job. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the idea of... There's so many books that talk about get rid of your fear or be fearless or uh, get depression or anxiety-free or stress-free. And mm-hmm. it's like, no. Those things are a part of life. It's a part of being human. Um, if, you know, the uh, depression isn't one of those things that you can get rid of because it it's out there. It exists. Yep. And. You know, it's all about how do you manage it? Because um, my tendency is to double down on the depression. Like, if I feel bad, now I'm putting in Citizen Cope. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm breaking out the, the cheap bottle of wine. Depressing music. Yeah, I'm closing <laughs> the, the curtains. You yep. know, I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm, I'm buying yep. ice cream. Like, I, I'm triple, doubling, quadrupling all the things, you Yeah, know? you start
1: feeling bad for yeah. yourself. And that's... You There's just go no downhill, downhill from, from
0: there. I, I, I stop showering, all all <laughs> the things. It's not it's not good. Yeah, and, it's um, not easy. But but so it's true. It's like if you if you accept that it's a part of you, mm-hmm. right? Then you go okay. I, it doesn't have to be as bad as it's been before.
1: Exactly. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have to go that. i do not have to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. anymore. I could. A few feet and come back up.
1: Yeah, deal with it, you know. Um, I've learned how to deal with it. Um, My anxiety also, it's been something that when I go on stage or even coming here, I had anxiety, you know. But I was thinking to myself, just chill, just be yourself, and it's all good. Um, There's this pressure in the society for us to be different than what we are. We need to fit in all the time we need to be this we need to be that we need to be thin we need to be nice we need to smile and i feel like even more for women um there's like so much competition and you need to be aesthetically pleasing to everyone and that it just puts so much pressure on you and once you start to realize that the world like you don't need to be like everyone else you don't need to be like the world You can be yourself, and once you start loving really deep down who you are, then it's just so much easier to deal with depression, anxiety, or any other mental illness. And that's how I um, started to accept myself and just accept my illness and deal with everything on a daily basis, you know?
0: You know, at the the beginning of what you said, when you said... um, you know, there was anxiety of like showing up here yeah. and and then you said, just being yourself. And it made me realize a lot of the times when um I think I need space from someone, like I, I'm like, oh, this is just too much. I'm yeah. overwhelmed or whatever. I realize like those are the moments when I should be saying, I feel like I need to be this around you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm th- yeah, you, like you like I you know I have friends who were like sometimes they just always turned up. Always cracking jokes, always having fun. And so I feel like I need to match that level of energy. And then it becomes exhausting.
1: Yeah, of course. And then
0: you go, all right, guys, I'm out of here. I need a break. But really, it would be more powerful for me to say, you know what, guys? I feel like I need to match a level. And then that's a moment where they could be like... Yo, like, you don't have Mm -hmm. to be that. Like, this is just how we are. We feel that. Or you might find out that they feel the same way. They're like, yo, you a comedian. (laughs) We felt like we have to turn up to be around you. And I I think that a lot of people are breaking up or or Mm -hmm. taking, you know, time off from each other when really they just need to stay in the moment. Like, I feel like I need to be this around you. Yeah. And the other person then will be like, "I don't need you to be that at all." And it's just <laughs> that pressure you put on yourself, like the, yep. like you know, you coming over here, you yep. had this like, oh, "What I got to do to be? I want this to be a good podcast," you know?
1: Yeah, we have all these expectations that we feel like we need to meet. Yeah, and really, if you just let yourself go, you feel a weight coming off your shoulders like instantly. Um, it took me a long time to get there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I've been working on self-love and self-acceptance for the longest time Um, since I was a kid basically Um, and just now at 31 (laughs) is when I'm really starting to be myself and just enjoy every moment and enjoy every person I'm with and their personality and not be self-conscious all the time like oh my gosh, this person is looking at me this way. Like, does she want me to be nicer? Does she want me to be funnier? Th- like, I don't care what you want. Seriously, I'm just gonna be me, and this is what you get. And it's just, it's just so much easier, you know.
0: It is so much easier, but at the same time, so hard to do. Yep, because <laughs> you're like, wait, who am I? I yeah. don't know who I am. Who am I in this moment? Am I? I don't know. It, um. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What did you? So at the at the after the moment when you attempted suicide, mm-hmm. and then you are t- having a conversation with your parents, um, can you talk us through that conversation with your parents? Or what? You know, wha- what the that funniest like?
1: thing is that there was no conversation. Okay, they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um. I I think they were just shocked, like, what the hell just happened, you know? Um, We went home. It was silence, you know? I got home, and we pretty much acted like nothing happened. Um, And that was really hard for me, too, because I wanted them to ask me. I wanted them to be interested on what was going through my mind and why I felt I had to do that. But we never really talked about it um, after I was older and that I started researching about depression and all of that, um, there is this stigma where like, oh, just snap out of it. You know, you have so much going for you. I mean, you're so talented. You're so smart. You're so pretty, blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't matter really. Depression doesn't pick, you know, you can have everything going for you and depression is going to get you anyway. So, um, I felt like it was my job to learn about depression so I could really explain it to them and then we could have a real conversation. Um, so I spent you know, a lot of time talking to them about it and explaining how I didn't control this. It wasn't something I wanted for myself. I was working on it every single day. So after a while, I think now they actually understand um, so when I'm down or when I'm having anxiety attacks and I call them up and I talk to them, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I feel for you. You know, you're going to get better. Da, da, da. So like they they understand it in a different level than they used to now. You know, I feel like maybe they won't get it completely because they don't go through it. Of course, you know, you need to go through it to actually really get the grasp of it. But they do get it's out of my control. And I, I appreciate the support that I get today. Um, and I don't blame them for anything because I know that they didn't have the information they needed in order to understand me at that time and really know what was going on. But I want other parents to do. I want other parents to have that information, and that's why my book is out there. So if your kid is struggling, you can go and read and understand and really get a feel of what it's like. So then you can help your kid, you know, and be there for them. Um, I didn't have that, but I want other kids to do.
0: Say the name of your book again.
1: After Surviving.
0: After Surviving. Yeah. The What I love about what you've said uh, is that you took ownership for the communication or lack of that you were having with your parents. Mm-hmm. Because you could have just said, they don't get me. They don't understand me. I'm done. Mm-hmm. But you said, "Let me educate myself more about what's happening, so that I can communicate better with those that I love and care about." Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I and I bring that up because it's not just about um, struggling with that. I think it's also in relationships uh, when we're married or dating or whatever that. Uh, their emotions or things that are, that come up mm-hmm. that uh, you try to communicate and express to the other person, yeah. they don't get it, uh, and then we blame them for not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of just saying, "I need to find another way to explain this," they yeah. might be a visual learner, you know, and and you're 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 yep. you're, you're, you're you're you know you're talking, you're um. um the texting and they might need a, a, a graph chart or something or yeah, a you video, know. you know, you don't know, right? <laughs> yep, um, so I, I think it's important that and I think it's valuable. And uh, it is just my uh, hats off to you for saying, I'm gonna find a way to talk to my parents about this because yeah. it, it matters to me, and, um, and I just want them to understand I don't need them to, to do more than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're in that dark place, you really want the closest people to you to understand what you're going through and support you. But sometimes they can't because they don't know. (laughs) Right. They don't have the language, the tools, the
0: vernacular.
1: They don't have the information. And um, so in my book, I actually talk about that. I actually tell people, go and learn about your illness, whatever it is that you have. Go and research. You have the internet, you have books, you have so much out there that you can really understand yourself and see um, how you can you know, explain to other people what you're going through. And um, I feel like that's one of the most important things, um, not just for, for you to understand what you're going through, but for, for everybody else around you um, and then you can have the support system that you, you actually need to to get to a better place, you know?
0: You, um, what are you, earlier you mentioned, um, you know, it's a daily struggle, mm-hmm. right? Or it, I don't even want to use the word struggle. Uh, you We have to be aware daily that the depression is there and is waiting for mm-hmm. us to trigger it. Yep. To, to you know, to give it some. it was looking for light. It's looking for daylight, <laughs> you know. And so what are some of those things that you're doing on a daily basis to take care of yourself and keep that?
1: Um, one thing that I, I feel is very important is knowing the difference between your illness and yourself. Um, mm. There is a negative voice in your head that's going to tell you you're not worth it. Nothing's worth it you suck, you, you're ugly, whatever it is that pops in your head, that's your illness talking, mm. you know? That's uh, the lack of self-love at that time. So you need to separate yourself from that and understand that's not you. So once I did that and I caught myself thinking negative things, I realized that, okay, this is not me. <laughs> this is not... Okay, although it has my voice, it's not actually me that's saying these things. And I need to tell myself how I'm worth it and how I'm, you know, lovable and all these amazing things. So you pretty much turn a negative into a positive. That's what I do when I start feeling self-doubt or anything like that in in my daily routine. Um, Or like I, I get in trouble at work, I did something wrong. And instead of putting myself down because of that, I, I try to build myself up, um, and understand that I could think negative, negatively, but I don't. You know, instead of doing that, I'm just gonna build myself up. I'm gonna take that as a constructive criti- criticism and do better for myself next time. You know, so it's just a, a, a matter of separating yourself from that negativity.
0: It's, it's so true, you know, uh, the, the, the thought, because, you know, growing up always thought the thoughts in my head were my thoughts and were the real thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then you get old and you go, oh, these thoughts in my head, they're just a combination of all the stimuli that I've been, th- from the movies, yeah. music, your parents, mm-hmm. um, your friends, uh, overheard conversations, um, all those things start to feed the voice that's in your yep. head and um that that's like i meditate to get quiet uh-huh. and then i see what's left i'm like if the hey if i if i meditate for 20 and that voice is still there all right then you win voice <laughs> you know um but it, it's it, and it's but it's hard
1: it is hard to of get quiet
0: you know yeah. sometimes i gotta go like go for a walk or go for a run or yeah. Uh or sing and dance. Yeah. You know, just jumping up on a bed like a nine year old.
1: That's something I mentioned too. It's like find something you love. Yeah. And just do that. Yeah. You know, find something that brings you joy and focus on that, you know, because sometimes when we're in that dark place, we tend to just go darker and darker, like you mentioned. Yep. Uh we just go in it and we get lost in that, you know depression and um it's so easy to do that it's easier to do that than to fight it you know what I mean um to well, just give in to yeah. just
0: to just slouch I'm slouching right now <laughs> in a chair. it's so hard to sit up straight <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah so um it you can't take the the easy route you know
0: how did you and your husband meet how did you and Felipe meet
1: Uh, He was actually the owner of a studio uh, back in Brazil, Uh and um, I actually sent uh, my material to them because they were looking for a singer, and he saw it, and when he saw my picture and he heard my voice, he said, I'm going to marry that girl, and he did it. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we actually, after that, a few years after, that's when we actually met. I You know, at the time, I just sent my my stuff through the Internet, and uh, we didn't really meet in person. But a few years later, we met, um, we started talking, and here we are, eight years later.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yep. What now, did you, was there, I would imagine there would have to be hesitation or anxiety about talking about your history. Mm Mm-hmm. How did you bring that up, or was it just, um, well, or is he just finding out right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> he been through here it?
1: Like, <laughs> 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 He's seen a lot of crap. <laughs> um, no, actually, I think it was very natural. Um, I didn't just come out and say, it. hey, you know, this happened to me. Um, I think after a while I felt comfortable enough to tell him, hey, you know, I I struggle with depression, anxiety. Um, I did try to commit suicide, and just so you know, this is what you're getting yourself into. Um, but he did help me so much to find my inner self and find that self love that I I was lacking. You know, he used to tell me like when we went out, or like I had social anxiety, or I wanted to just stay home because I didn't want to deal with people. He would be like, why do you care about what they think? Ask yourself that, why? And I couldn't come up with an answer, I just did. You know? And he taught me to say the F word to whatever people thought. He was actually the person to just, they don't like you? them
0: (laughs) wow yeah
1: and i started to actually put that into practice on a daily basis and like because uh it bothered me so much that people didn't like me or they thought I was this or that or misjudged me you know and once I started doing that, <laughs> it felt so much better. Go ahead. Like, say
0: it right now. You know, it's not yeah.
1: a. a <laughs> I mean, I don't know what kind of podcast nah, you are doing nah, here. Nah, that
0: ahead, a, <laughs> let, 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 let the dogs out. You know, go ahead. Get, get yeah. you a few f bombs out there. OK, cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, relax a little bit. Yeah. Take it's
1: like, <laughs> seriously, once you, you know, start just don't giving a fuck about it, then you start being happy. That's like the whole secret. <laughs>
0: I know. nobody talks about that. I actually read research somewhere that people who curse are more trustworthy.
1: Oh, see? Than people I'm who I'm so trustworthy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you got to let their profanity because they get it all out, you know, That's they true. they express themselves. Yeah. And so you know that they're not holding back and um and so yeah, I it's funny because I've just now cuz I always grew up with you know, my mom hated when people cursed, uh-huh. and she would always be like, "She's like, ah, oh, that mouth." So <laughs> it made me self conscious about course, cursing. Yeah. And then, um but then of course you know, hang around your boys and you go through bouts of cursing. But then I was always feel guilty because I had my mom's voice in my head. And then I read that research. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, a doctor approved! <laughs> doctor approved!" You know. So then I just Sorry, like, boom. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like most of us feel like this, you know, we tend to like, just not say these types of things. And we're always self aware (laughs) of uh, curse words or whatever. Um, But I feel like it is kind of healthy. My sister, she's very Christian, and I try not to say it around her. but I tell her it's it's so healthy for me to just let it out. <laughs> and, you know, even when something's going wrong or I hit myself or whatever, um, I just I just say all the words that pop into my mind and then I feel better.
0: <laughs> it feels so good. I even start cursing around my mom just a little bit.
1: Yeah, me too. Just, just
0: <laughs> I, I give her just a little, a little tiny dose, you know. Just, just a a, yeah, I don't want to push it, you know. <laughs> but I just give her a little something, a little nudge, you know. <laughs> just
1: just so she gets used to it, right, you know, right, Little right, by yeah. little, <laughs> <laughs> you get there.
0: Just just a, just a tip, just a tip. That's it. That's all she gets. The Have you been to therapy at all? It sounds I like you're, you're like self-made, like yourself.
1: Honestly, I've been a few times. Uh-huh. Um, had a really bad experience with like. Actually, I've had. Two bad experiences. And that's why it's so important for you to find the right person, to find the right therapist. So if you're not happy with your therapist, it's okay. Don't stick to it. Just go to someone else until you feel comfortable. Absolutely. You know, until you feel listened to.
0: Don't don't look at the credentials. The yeah. all, don't give a damn about. Just uh, you do want to make sure that they are a, a doctor.
1: Exactly. But yeah. But it all but becomes
0: about being comfortable.
1: Yes. Um, the first therapist that I went to was actually before I tried to commit suicide, and you can see how bad it got. <laughs> um, I feel like she she made me feel like I was the one to blame for all my problems. Instead of making me realize what was going on. Um, so that made me feel even worse. And that's when I, you know, got to that, that phase. Um, after that, a few years later, I went back to therapy. And this lady actually slept listening to me talk. <laughs> I swear to you.
0: She fell asleep.
1: I was like, is this really happening right now?
0: <laughs> was she on the couch and you were on the chair? like No,
1: she was sitting down. She, she was just sitting. <laughs> this lady just was snoozing. And I was like, Wow. Okay. I never went back to her, of course.
0: What time was your session? Was it like midnight? No. In the morning? No, what? I
1: think it was like a five or
0: uh, I yeah. don't know.
1: She was probably tired, but like no right (laughs) don't do that someone that has mental illness it's so fucked up oh my god (laughs) so that really got to me because i was like man am i just like not worth listening to am i just like are my problems as meaningless as this (laughs) you know so yeah um after that i look for someone else (laughs) he's laughing (laughs) um but um yeah, just find the right person to help you. I've I feel like I had to come up with a lot of stuff on my own from research and all of that and just taking time to understand myself and get to know myself that's very important too. Um and yeah, therapy is great. You know, I've I've seen some really good therapists, but <laughs> you just got to make sure you're with the right person.
0: <laughs> have they? What kind of strategies or tools or uh, uh, concrete things that the listeners can do? What like what have you learned through the therapy
1: mm-hmm.
0: that uh, that you can give to the listeners also sure. in terms of managing?
1: Well, a few things. Um, I I believe that everyone that has depression or uh, anything similar. It's usually because either something triggered it from your childhood or some kind of abuse or some kind of traumatic experience. Um, or it could be genetics. Basically, those are the two types. Um, and some of them, you're going to have your whole life just having to deal with it. And some of them, it's just a period of time that after you get through it, you'll be okay.
0: Like postpartum depression.
1: Yeah, right. or like you, the loss you know, of a loved one. Um, you're going to struggle a little bit, and then you're going to get back up, and you're going to continue your life. Um, for me, unfortunately, <laughs> it's the one that sticks around. Um, so I feel like the things that we talked about, like finding something you enjoy doing, finding a sport, You know, being active and filling your mind up with positive things. Um, That's one thing that really worked for me. I stopped watching like forensic files and stuff like that (laughs) because it made me so anxious. I used to have nightmares all the time. If you. The news. Yeah, the news. It's like, ugh, horrible. Um, So it's like, if you're filling yourself with negative stuff, of course you're gonna feel bad. Of course, you're going to have all these fears and you're going to, you know, have sleepless nights. (laughs) So for me, that was like important to to like kind of eliminate negative stuff, you know, from my life. Negative people, toxic people, people that made me feel worthless. I've met a few of those um, even like in my uh, career as a singer. I've dealt with people that made me feel like I was never good enough um as a singer or my body was not good enough i had to be skinnier i had to be this i had to be nicer i had to, you know i had to fit myself into a mold that i couldn't because it was just not me so you have to delete these people from your life and it's so hard um when you love them so hard when it's
0: a family member family member yes with,
1: yeah um i feel like Some of them I couldn't erase from my life because I love them so much and I wanted them to be there with me, but I did detach myself from their opinions and from their negativity. So whatever they had to say that was a criticism or something that wasn't going to be beneficial for my, my well-being, I just kind of didn't take it into consideration. So that's, that's really important, too. You know, just pick the right people to surround you. Because, I mean, if, I, if it wasn't for my husband, I don't know. I don't know if I would have gotten worse, you know. And he was just my rock. He was, like, the one that always told me to keep going. And you'd be okay, you know. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck everyone. You can be self-sufficient. You can be self-loved. And that is so important.
0: The I just had um, Anthony Delgado on a podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. His episode hasn't been released yet. But he was talking about how he doesn't listen to rap music anymore mm-hmm. for that reason. It's like, you know, the beat be dope. And it, and it hooks you. You're like, oh, this is going to be. Yeah. And then you, the lyrics come in. You're like, come on, man. Like, why?
1: Why? Yep. Oh, we got to be like that. You know? <laughs> Let's talk about something positive <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, uh, now, is it Bossa Nova or Bossa Nova?
1: Bossa Nova.
0: Bossa Nova. We were talking yeah. about Bossa Nova earlier because uh, be, I've become a huge fan uh-huh. recently and uh, French Bossa Nova I've, I've gotten into. Um, but I love both the Spanish and French because, or Brazilian and <laughs> French Yeah. because I don't know what they're saying. So they, they could be cursing yeah. me out, but the music's so beautiful. The vibe is so dope. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about my self esteem being crushed uh, or somebody talking about, I'll take your girl. Like, whoa, I, you know, <laughs> we just.
1: Yeah, because sometimes those things can be triggers too. Absolutely. You know, um, if you just keep filling yourself with, with that kind of stuff, you end up thinking about them and it just goes from there. What yeah. got
0: you into being a vegan?
1: Empathy. Mm. Um, for me, that's like the biggest word. I, I always try to uh, put that into practice with other human beings and also with animals. Um, I just felt like it wasn't fair to, you know, do that to them. Like why are they less than me? Why do they deserve to be killed just for my pleasure? You know what I mean? And what really? um, What's the difference between my dog and a cow? I love my dog as if he was my kid, and I would never kill him. (laughs) So why would I kill a cow? You know what I mean? There's no difference. Um, So once I started thinking about that and doing research, as well. just you know, watching documentaries. One documentary that really opened my eyes was *Cowspiracy*. It's on Netflix. Yeah. If you guys ever want to um, take a look, and it's just, uh, it's just like we grow old used to this kind of stuff and having meat in our plates, and it's just normal. But if you really think about it, and you start realizing how their life is. It's so scary. I would never want to be in that position. So why would they? I mean, they have feelings. They have survival instincts, you know. So and they like I've seen pictures and videos of cows being separated from from their calf, you know. And it's like, why, why, why would we do that? That's so selfish because they taste so good. I know but it, that's a, that's the thing everybody tells me tells me that they're like is it so tastes good. so good. Okay, but now that's no excuse. Okay? We have <laughs> vegan everything. Like I was just tasting the Beyond Burger. Uh, oh my gosh, it's like so similar.
0: So good.
1: So similar. My
0: buddy, he had a chance to invest in Beyond Burger. Really? When they were at like his his investor was like put your money in now. It only had twenty dollars a share, and he was like, "Nah, I don't think." <laughs> and now it's at like one twenty or one thirty. It's something crazy. Wow! And I was—I had no idea. I was vegan myself for a few years, really, and I, I, I did it for three years. And I got into it uh, just—it was for selfish reasons. I—I I wanted to just be healthier. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, let me cut this meat. You know, I was like, like a yeah. McDonald's drive-thru. And I was like, "This, I can't be it's eating gross. this. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> and I did it for three. And I was like heavy in the community. Yeah, he- Like I was, I was going to the vegan parades. I was doing <laughs> vegan comedy shows. I got rid of, I had a wool coat. I had a wool coat. It was a three hundred dollar. I got Get rid, rid of, of the coat. I got. I had a leather belt. I got rid of my leather belts. Like nothing. Animal. Even honey. People are like you're not eating honey. I was like, bees make that. They put them in little cages. I'm not eating that honey.
1: Yeah, they uh, are slaves.
0: so animals
1: are slaved all the time.
0: You mean what?
1: Animals are slaved. That's, slaves. That's that's the the reality. You know.
0: So I, I went. I was all in, and then I was in. San Francisco Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and I had just come back from a vegan event like I got bags I got I got like you know they didn't have Beyond Burger at the time Uh but like I had Beyond Burger I had vegan candles I had uh, hemp clothes I had all the stuff Yeah. and I walk into a pizza joint Mm
1: -hmm.
0: bought a pepperoni (laughs) what? (laughs) I got I got vegan bags in what my hand. I got the little vegan sticker on me and everything with my name tag. Like, what? Leo. Hello, my name is Leo Flowers. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. okay, I can't explain that sign to me. I signed up for a vegan newsletter. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh I did gosh. all the vegan stuff. Yeah. I, I could. And then with all the stuff in my hand, I walk into a vegan joint, and I was like, yo, let me get a slice of your pepperoni. And uh, I took a bite, and I was like, that's trash. And then I went to a burger joint. I was like, let me get a double bacon cheeseburger. Oh this is after 3 years. 3 that years is of and people <laughs> who know me know I was like hardcore yeah. gangster. And I go to a vegan sp- I go to a burger spot. I have like half the burger. I'm like, that's trash. And then I go into another spot, (laughs) uh, like a cafe. And then let me get like three blueberry muffins. Like I just went. I ate all the things that had animal products. I went through all the animals Uh that I hadn't eaten. And uh, I didn't get sick somehow, miraculously. Luckily, yeah. And and I just started eating meat after that. For me, I think what happened um, is that I... Was so focused at the time on being vegan mm-hmm. that I forgot to be healthy, and so I wasn't eating all the things my body needed. That uh, I wasn't getting enough iron. I wasn't getting yeah, enough omegas. That's so I was being—I was a lazy vegan, mm-hmm. and I was getting sick all the time. My girlfriend was like, "She." My girlfriend was trying to poison me. She was trying to like <laughs> slip stuff in my smoothie, <laughs> and I was like. This don't taste like a banana blueberry <laughs> smoothie, I, and then like I, I would see like containers all over the place. Oh I'm like, "You God. trying to slip some icing?" And so she was like, "All this stuff, like she was she was literally trying to like add a little," and I would have to like check up behind her to make to sure make she sure. wasn't slipping something. But it was out of love because I <laughs> yeah. was really I got to a point where after, because I because I, when I first did it, I felt really good, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh man, this is the way to go." Yeah, and then I think it's that mentality of you think that if a little is good a lot is great <laughs> so i just start i started calling out a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. not even like you said research yeah. i didn't really research
1: why were
0: what i needed yeah. and why i need to do what i did so but with all that said i'm mm-hmm. thankful for the vegan experience because um it opened my palate up to foods that I would have never, you know, with the sweet potato fries and the zucchini pasta, uh, cashew cheese. I don't know if you had cashew cheese. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, And so uh, it's made me a better chef, and it's made me more excited about food now because I realize it's not about um, eating meat necessarily. It's about adding food flavor.
1: Of course. Right? Yeah. Which I
0: i was like, oh, so now I got herbs, I'm going to farmers markets. Awesome. Things it's like great, that. Yeah. So I'm a more well rounded uh I have a more well rounded palate. But it's made me more pretentious, you know. I'm like <laughs> I don't I don't taste enough basil in this. You oh, know what I'm I mean? Yeah.
1: So oh my gosh. I mean coming from Brazil, everything is very well seasoned. Yeah. So when we go somewhere and uh. it's just blend, I'm like Ugh. <laughs> oh
0: there's a really good Brazilian restaurant uh a mile from here it's not a
1: barbecue restaurant is it? <laughs> no no it's
0: not <laughs> yeah what is it with Brazilian bar <laughs> uh they have uh, barbecue options, big. but it's just a it's just uh regular uh Brazilian food oh, It's cool. really good, yeah um,
1: Brazilian food is so good so i mean good. I, i'm you know, I can't really. Say, (laughs) but for me it's like the best um i miss it actually a lot yeah because it's so tasty but over there we have a tendency of putting meat in everything Mm -hmm. um i think like worldwide that's a thing um since you know the the beginning of time (laughs) um but with all the information that we have now and all the supplements and You know, just so much stuff that we can replace. We don't really need to eat meat. Um, We choose to. And that's a choice, and I don't force that on anyone. Um, Of course, if people ask me about it, I'll tell why I chose to be vegan, but um, it's a choice just like religion, I feel like. You know, you can't force that on someone. So whatever you believe is your own thing. Um, But I do feel like, if they, they want information, I'll give it to them. And what kind of
0: supplements so are you taking?
1: I take B12. Okay. I take iron.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I take flaxseed, um, vitamin C. I take pretty much everything in the morning um, just to make sure that I don't get sick and I protect my immune system. Um, but it's just a matter of eating well and, like, just, uh, I guess, like, being aware of your body, too. Because sometimes I crave some stuff and then I know... That's what I've been missing. Right, you know you're what I mean?
0: like you're low on something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: Like, oh my gosh, I feel like eating beans like so badly. So then I, I, I just fill my face. Is uh,
0: Felipe? <laughs> are you? Uh, are you vegan also? Um, I'm trying
1: to. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: And and you know what? But that's but that's valuable because. Um, I know a lot of uh, couples who like uh, you know one person's vegan and the other person is not, and uh, and they still it's 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 not it's not an issue, right? It's like mm-hmm. you do your thing, I do yeah. my thing because that's why you get with somebody, right? Like you don't want to get with somebody who you're the exact same because then it's boring and you're yeah. not bringing anything new to the conversation. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, you don't want it too spicy, you don't want to be too different, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but it's good to also allow the other person to influence you, you know. Like Felipe doesn't have to go 100 percent vegan, no, yeah. but you know he might find himself eating more, drinking like almond milk. Oh, or trust me,
1: he eat, does. Um, at home, we don't buy meat at okay. all. But if we go to a restaurant, and he chooses to eat meat. I'm like, okay, right, good. Right. You know, um, it's his body, it's his choice. I mean, I can't, I can't be like, oh no, I'm not gonna be with you <laughs> if you don't become a vegan.
0: Now, does he have to floss and brush before you kiss him after he nah, eats meat? No, or- <laughs> it's
1: not like that. But I'm not, I'm not that type.
0: <laughs> but
1: I've known a few people that are like that. They're very particular. Um, but you know, everyone is different. We gotta, right, we gotta right. understand. Um, but it's like in our house, meat doesn't. I mean, we don't buy meat at all. And when we have kids. I do want them to be at least vegetarian um, or at least inform them. And, I mean, you know, keep them vegetarian until a certain age and then teach them about it. And then it's going to be their choice after a while. I'm not going to be that mom that's like, no, you're not going to eat it. (laughs) So, you know, it's like I just feel like everybody's different. And if you have the information and you still choose to go the other way, it's your choice.
0: I feel like you have another book in you.
1: I feel like I do, too. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have um, a lot of stuff that I want to talk about, actually. Um, Veganism is one of them, but feminism is actually very important to me, too. Just um, a lot of stuff that I see all the time, you know, the difference between men and women and how we're treated. And also how the media plays a part in that. So yeah, you guys will probably see a new book <laughs> coming soon for sure.
0: I love that. I love that. Is there is there anything that we haven't talked about uh, in terms of mental health that you feel like we need to address?
1: Um, well, it relates back to what we were talking about about um, understanding people and just creating that that support system for yourself, but also um, understanding that everybody's different, like we were just saying about veganism, you know? Um, Empathy is such a big word for me because that works for every aspect in one's life. Um, If you understand that the other person has a different mentality than you, that the other person might be judging you because of their own insecurities or they don't understand you because they, they've never been through it, or they don't have the information, or, you know, it just gotta understand that there's a different perspective to everyone. So empathy is like, just be kind to everyone. You know, that's what it means. Be kind to everyone, even to the people that don't like you because they're struggling too. They have their own issues that they need to figure out. And you don't even know, maybe behind closed doors, they're crying and they're suffering just as badly as you. So if we are kind to them, maybe they'll start realizing they need to be kind to us too.
0: You know, that's that's really powerful for two reasons. And to, sh- to show, one, that you are walking the walk. You know, I, I know people who are uh, vegan or feminist, and you say you're not vegan. They're like, you and they immediately tell you should do that. And you're just like, hey, whatever works for your body, you do yeah. that. And that's a beautiful way to have somebody then want to explore what you're about versus mm-hmm. nobody wants to be feel like they're forced into something or that they exactly. should have to do something. So mm-hmm. I applaud you for that, uh, for handling that in, in such a um, uh, progressive uh, way. And then also, um, what, what was I going to say? The... Ah, I lost my train of thought. Aww. I had it somewhere up there. You're empathy. talking about say it again. Empathy. Oh, empathy. Um, I was doing a show last night mm-hmm. in stand-up comedy, and I was talking about immigration and the wall, and you know, uh, talking about like why it's ridiculous for us to yeah. spend 2.6 billion dollars on a wall. I'm like, I got some walls. Uh, you know, pay me for it. <laughs> Right? <laughs> that's what I'm going to therapy for to get rid of these walls. You paying $2.6 billion for a wall? But um, I, I this woman, this older uh, uh, white lady up front was like, I like the wall. You know, mm-hmm. said it real loud to where everybody turned around. Was like, oh, shh. You know, they were like trying to shush her. And I was like, no, that's the problem. Yeah. The problem is that We're so afraid to communicate with each other because of uh, saying the wrong thing or offending or getting fired or conflict that now we're not having a discussion at all, which goes back to Mm -hmm. you and and being in the car with your parents. And it's just silent. And you're like, I wish they had said something. I wish they had just asked me a question, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, even if they were like, I don't know what to say or "How, how do we help you? Get yeah. through this or help me understand something, mm-hmm. right? To let you know that you're yeah. not alone and that we can we can, we can come to some uh, mutual ground together. Of course. There was, um, I, f- I forget the story, but oh, it was a, a, a march. People who, oh, for gay marriage, right? Uh-huh. So there was the pride parade and, and people marching for gay rights. And then yeah. there were people who were against gay rights. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, and I forget who the moderator was or the speaker, but he said, "Don't we both want the same thing? <laughs> like the people who are, are marching for gay marriage, um, they they just want they're fighting for their right to have a family.
1: Mm-hmm. They're
0: fighting for family. People who are fighting, marching against gay marriage, are also fighting." <laughs> For family, yep, and it was one of those moments where the sides were able to, you know, even if they didn't agree, they were able to listen to each other because yeah. they found that mutual ground and realized we both want the same thing, of course. you know. And it goes back to what you said with empathy. It's like we have to take the time to really get to what is what's your what's your intention here. Mm-hmm and then that's where we go oh that yeah that's what i was exactly. we got a different way of going about it but
1: yeah i mean everyone thinks differently but at the end of the day we're all looking to be happy we're all looking for fairness you know we want family we want the same things we want to be judged uh fairly so it's like i don't i don't see why there's so much conflict sometimes sometimes i'm just like why can't we all just let each other be (laughs) just like mind your own business and they'll do their thing. And it's fine. You know, why do we care so much about what other people are doing? And that, that bothers me sometimes. I don't get it. Um, And I argue with my family sometimes about politics and I hate it (laughs) so badly. I hate it Uh, because I don't see a point in it. I'm like, we all want the same thing. We all want this country this country to be great and people to make the right choices, to be fair to each other. So why not just do it, you know? But, yeah, I mean, it's always going to be there. There's always going to be conflict and different ways of thinking. But if we just understand each other just a little bit, then we can all get along.
0: You know, absolutely were there any um, were there any did you take any meds at any point?
1: No, no meds. No meds.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And not to say for the listeners out there who are on meds. I'm not this. Is, yeah, not right. a, uh, it's not a it's not that. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's just a, a testament of of working through things, through knowledge and information and also connection. Mm-hmm. Right. Of, of you reaching out and saying, I, these are the people I do want in my life, and being yeah. intentional about that, and uh, and taking and giving them the space to find their way to you as you are to them. Right. Sorry,
1: you were mentioning meds for anxiety or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about veganism. Sorry. Oh. 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 <laughs> oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Trust me, i have taken meds. I'll t- all types <laughs> of meds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Felipe was over there. Like, what you mean you He's ain't like, taking? What?
1: No... <laughs> what are you talking about? No, I still take meds. Okay, I <laughs> I can't live without those.
0: <laughs> uh, this would be in the deleted. Uh... <laughs>
1: Right, we're just going back and uh, forth to the subject.
0: Yeah, and, uh, I, I know. Right? It's, <laughs> it's how my brain works. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been linear. It's <laughs> fine. That's
1: totally fine, guys. Uh, so,
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah, so what are you taking?
1: Uh, right now, what I take is Floxetine. It's like Prozac, I guess, here. Um, I've taken it for almost two years, actually, on and off. Um I just needed something for my anxiety because it would get so bad that I didn't want to do anything. Like I just wanted to curl up and <laughs> be in my bed, you know. And I would get like I would hyperventilate, or you know, like even like on stage and stuff. And it was just so, so, so bad that I needed something to calm myself down. Um, I take a very small amount. Um, And I always tell everybody, like, everybody is different. So if one med doesn't work for you, keep trying. You know, um, I've taken some that made me sleepy as hell and that I had no life. All I wanted to do is sleep. If I saw a bed, that's where I was. Um, And one of them made me gain so much weight, too. Um, So you just kind of find, like, one of them gave me uh, the shakes. I was like shaking all the time and feeling like overwhelmed do you
0: remember which one that was
1: i don't remember but it was like one of the first ones that Uh. i took um so it's like everyone is different i've talked to people where they take a medicine that makes them feel great and that didn't work for me you know and just gotta keep keep trying until you find the right one for your organism so
0: fantastic um, last question uh, no, there was always a million questions are you reading anything right now? what are you reading right now? because you like to read and do research and
1: Oh, I was reading this one book um, I forget the name of the author but the name is Complete Confidence it's a yellow book um, it's awesome because although I disagree with her in a few aspects um, about depression and stuff I um, I do agree a lot with how we can build our confidence up. And it, it made me realize a few things about myself that I didn't even um, comprehend before reading this book and how your story and your background has a lot to do with your personality and your issues. So whatever it is that happens when you're growing up, if you don't learn how to deal with your problems and your emotions throughout your childhood and your teenage years, then you grow up to be an adult that you know lacks self confidence. And it was just so cool. I was obsessed with this book, and I, I totally recommend it.
0: Wh- uh, what is what's a practical takeaway that you've gotten from that book?
1: Basically, that we need to learn how to deal with our insecurities and our issues Um, because clearly (laughs) I didn't learn um, back then when I was a kid. So I became an adult that was insecure and didn't have much confidence and always had second thoughts about everything. Um, So you got to start handling your emotions in a different way Um, so you can you know, understand why it is that you think a certain way and how your mind works. And once you do, then you you you're like, oh, <laughs> it makes sense. That's why you know it's your background, how you're raised, and we we all grow up differently, and that brings up some some stuff that sometimes we don't we don't want to accept.
0: Are, besides what you said, are, are there things because you you perform? Mm-hmm. Um, are are there things you do right before you're going to go on stage that kind of get you into uh, the state you want to be in? Are there things you're saying to yourself? Are there is there a routine or ritual?
1: Um, it's something that I've started to work on a few months ago. I would say. Um, back in the day, I didn't have any routine or anything. Like I would just go up on stage, and I had anxiety, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm gonna die." <laughs> um, but now, what I think is breathe is the first thing I think because I need to breathe to calm myself down. The second thing is you are great at this. You can't do this. Don't second guess yourself. You can do this because all these negative thoughts start popping in exactly at that moment. And that's something I mentioned in my book too. We, um, the people that struggle with depression and that kind of, you know, mental illness, everything is a little bit harder, unfortunately, you know? feels
0: but like you have this weight on your shoulders. Yeah, yeah.
1: there's yeah. like this this thing that that's like limiting you sometimes, you know? And it's going to be exactly on those special moments when you have to present a project or you need to do an interview or whatever. Whatever it is that is important to you, that's exactly when you're going to feel completely overwhelmed and not with full control of yourself. So you just got to work on that and understand that and then you can face it head on, you know.
0: You know, that's why I love reading biographies because you you know, so much of I think what spirals people out today, you know, is the social media. You see people mm-hmm. Living their their best life, and then you read about like Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, all these guys who have struggled with depression. Yeah, Um, your Anthony Bourdain's, Mm -hmm. your Kate Spades, all these people who you think are really thriving, and it makes you feel less alone in the world. Like you said, like you felt like you were the only one going through this, and no one would understand. And then you realize there are millions of people going through this. And if we all just, if we lead with our issues and our emotions, then we can find that common ground a lot faster yeah. versus who did you vote for? You know, Ugh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like,
1: seriously, I, back in the day, I used to be ashamed of my illness. Mm-hmm. I used to not talk about it and not mm-hmm. tell anyone unless I really trusted them. Mm-hmm. And now, <laughs> if you give me the opportunity, I'll start talking about it because I feel like being vulnerable and, even, like, all my social media, I try to talk about it. My, you know, my anxiety and my fears and all my insecurities, I try to tell people that it's okay to, to have those things because we all do. Right, right. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're all just people. And Instagram and, you know, social media overall, it's like a separate world that we think that everyone has a perfect life, but trust me, they don't. Um, in the background, there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't know about. So that's why I feel it's important for me to, like, be open right. and just talk about it. Even on my Instagram where I have all my pictures with makeup on and, you know, doing something fun.
0: I mean, you just got those eyebrows done. I, I know. Did I, you know. I can't out? stop looking <laughs> at them. I'm like, damn,
1: girl. <laughs> yeah, so, like, there, there is the positive sides, of course, but... I don't want to show just that. I want to yeah. show everyone that I'm human and I I want them to relate to that and be like, "Oh, she goes through this too. So I'm not alone." Let me let me see what she has to say about that. Let's, you know, let's dig deeper and see what's going on with me. So, that's that's what I think. I think everyone is um related somehow. Uh we're all fighting battles every day, right? <laughs> so,
0: what uh, so your music what uh you have an album out do you have
1: No I actually I'm working on my new album that's okay. going to be in English um oh, yeah. My my last work was in Portuguese
0: What's the name of the album?
1: Um uh, I only have like a few singles okay. on on Spotify and yeah. YouTube and stuff um but now I'm really focused on being myself which is such a big deal for me because back in the day In Brazil, I was working with producers and managers that wanted me to be this pop star that was perfect and singing whatever people wanted to shake their booties to, and that's not who I wanna be. Um, I wanna say something meaningful, and I want people to know me, and I want them to understand that they're not alone. So that's what I'm gonna do with my music, is just um, express myself and talk more about these, these things that I go through so people know that I'm here, you know, we're, we're together. And
0: you know what? That vulnerability music is so hot. Like, I think Drake was one of the first to, mm-hmm. you know, I, I say Drake, but, like, if, if you really listen to music, you know, musicians, of artists have been oh, yeah. putting their heart out into music forever. Uh, one of my favorite songs is um, Lenny Williams' Because I Love You. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he talks about, uh, how how much he, he was in love with this woman and it was unrequited love. And he said he would stop by her house and just sit outside until her lights went off, which is kind of stalkerish, <laughs> yeah. but uh, he never went inside. <laughs> uh, and then he said he would come home and listen to his albums until, it, until his album player wouldn't, he would watch TV until the TV went off. This is back in the day when TV went yeah. off. And then he would play albums until he couldn't listen to them anymore and and his buddy's like why don't you just get over it and he's like apparently you never been in love the way I've been in love You <laughs> never felt the pain that I felt and I just remember um listening to that over and over and just loving like how like how much he was in it and how hard it was mm. to get over it and uh and I think some of us we just walking around like we're so much tougher than we are and it's like you know that hurt you just say it hurts yeah. you know and, it, and then and then it doesn't hurt anymore you know that's the beauty of it yep Um, last thing I always feel like there's someone who's listening who may be on a cusp of completing suicide before you kill yourself what would you say to that person
1: think about your future and the things you want to accomplish I know it's hard because in that moment all you want to do is just take that pain away but it's worth staying here you know you can you can still do a lot of things I mean after what happened to me, I met my husband, who is my soulmate. I was on The Voice in Brazil. I've traveled. I've, you know, you know, moved to, to the U.S. I, I've done so many things. I got my bachelor's degree in marketing. So, I mean, um, if I had taken my life, all of that wouldn't have happened. And I would have missed out on so much. So, just think about that. Your life awaits. You know, you have so much that's going to happen for you in the future. So don't don't miss out.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much you. for being a part of this podcast. Say the name of your book one more time.
1: After Surviving.
0: After Surviving. By
1: Nanda Lauren. <laughs> By Nanda
0: Lauren. Um, and thank you all for listening. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get therapy. Uh, it's not a substitute for you calling the 1-800-SUICIDE number or the Trevor Noah Project. Uh, you can talk. You can text. You can Skype. I'm actually thinking about getting a therapist in Asia because uh, I don't really need a therapist during the day. I'm good. <laughs> like during the day, the sun come up. I'm I'm out the dough. I got stuff to do. I'm at the gym. You know, when you working come back out. home, that's But at when night, I... man, that black dog, man, it be creeping up on yep. Leo Flowers. But you know, ain't <laughs> no therapist up at nine, ten o'clock. So that's I need true. I need a therapist on the other side where it's like noon. I need an Australian therapist. That's so know?
1: interesting, though. So that, um, that could work.
0: It could I have a and I got the, I wish it was my idea, but I got it from a friend of mine who uh they they live here in LA, but their therapist is in New York.
1: Huh. And
0: so so when the, it's six o'clock here, it's nine o'clock there, that's awesome. and then they can start their day with their mm, therapy session. That's very
1: interesting. And
0: uh, be out the door. So I'm looking at yeah, if there any uh, Australian therapists listening in, mm-hmm. uh, hit your boy up because I'm too lazy to look for a therapist to be honest. <laughs> so if uh, <laughs> if you feel like you can help Leo Flowers, uh, let's do this.
1: That's so cool.
0: Uh, thank you for listening in. Adios. Bye.
1: Thank you.